0: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew. That's chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I'm going to read that for us. It says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. "'Get up,' he said. "'Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt.' Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him.
1: Thanks, Pastor Josh. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to New Mercy. Actually, can we, can we uh, just briefly, can we get up? There's uh, some new people here and stuff. Can we just say Merry Christmas to one another, shake some hands, and then uh, we'll continue with service. Merry Christmas. Ow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Merry Christmas everybody. Uh I think it's personally pretty cool that Christmas fell on a, on a Sunday. Uh, I, I Googled it, and the next time that's going to happen is uh, 11 years from now, uh, 2033. So it's going to be a while since uh, this happened, until this happens next. Uh, honestly, I think Pastor Josh was alluding uh, to this a little bit. We weren't sure how many people were going to show up this morning. Um, and so, actually, you can see we, we didn't have much prepared in terms of fellowship food. Uh, hopefully you can. we can do the, uh, the feeding of the 5,000 today. Um, uh, and yeah, we weren't sure how many people are going to show up. And so uh, it, actually I, I, I looked around on Instagram and things like that. Some churches actually canceled service uh, and other churches went all out, right? They, they just went crazy. Uh, and uh, we, we're kind of in the middle, right? Uh, we have a service, but it feels a little bit skeletal and uh, I kind of felt a little bit guilty about that. Uh, we were talking, we had a staff dinner this past Friday and I was sharing with them how I felt a little bit guilty that you know, it's not a full out, huge, massive celebration. Uh, but they were very kind to me and they, they said, Pastor Key, no one had a December 18th like us. Uh, for those of you who were at the sing-along, right? Uh, and so that, then I felt uh, a, a little bit better. Uh, those of you who are at the sing-along, uh, pretty amazing, right? You guys had a good time? Yes, Penny definitely had a good time. I feel a little bit loud. Does it seem like I'm like in your face? You're okay? Okay, I feel a little bit loud. Anyway, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, again, I do hope you had a wonderful time. A lot of uh, effort went into it. Uh, everything, right, was fabulous. I think everything was fabulous. The praise, the food, the, the greeting, and all that stuff. Uh, but especially, I think people really enjoyed Ilmar. Right, you guys remember Ilmar? Yeah, the Grammy Award winner who, who came and graced our little church with his, his, his family. Uh, like I mentioned at the thing, uh, that was the first time his whole family performed as a quartet publicly, so that was really uh, pretty exciting. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but people from all over the community came to uh, this event. I mean, that was our goal, but, but people actually did. Our, our flyers actually worked. Uh, I, I didn't know that flyers worked until this year because we, we started handing them out and people started, people actually brought flyers folded up and said, hey, you know, we, we saw this flyer. Uh, and people worked really hard to pass out those flyers, right? I worked really hard to pass out those flyers. There's this one time, thanks, Penny. Um, it, so one of the things I forgot about Powell Park is there's a certain section of Powell Park where all the homes are duplexes and each of the duplexes have a full flight of stairs. Uh, and so by the time I, was, I went up and down the street, I, I, I thought about it, and I pretty much walked up a skyscraper, uh, and my legs were literally giving out. Uh, and I know some other people worked really hard to pass out these flyers, so, so God's grace on you. I know how painful it was. We also put uh, lawn signs out, which people saw. Uh, two girls, actually, they, they came to this site. We, we weren't at this site. We were at another site. We had some, put some redirect signs saying, hey, we're not here today. We're going, some, we're going to be somewhere else. Uh, and they saw it, and they came. Uh, and they were pleasantly surprised, they said. And it was cool because uh, one of the girls who had come to our church a few times had brought a friend. So she had done what I instructed everybody to do inadvertently. You know. And then she came, and you know, they said they were just so uh, blessed by the whole thing. And thank you. Uh, I know a lot of you put the effort in to I- invite people. Uh, to it. Uh, and many people came, and they're very, uh, very encouraged by it. Uh, and all those who served hard, I mean, it was so encouraging to see how hard the people in our church were serving. We, we, we learned this year that we should put together a committee next year. Uh, we should also plan about two months earlier than we, we started planning. Uh, each week, I think we, we forgot something, uh, but But we learned a lot this year, and we're really excited about uh, doing it next year now, just real brief, you know the reason why we do events like this these these quote unquote outreach events is because the mission of our church is to be the salt and light of Jesus Christ right The vision of our church is a church for the broken call to restoration that 's overarching vision, but a mission every day what we strive to do is to be the salt. In light of Jesus Christ uh, in our community and in our world. Uh, and so that means we're not here to do these kind of things as just these, these one-off things. Our goal as a church, in fact, is to regularly be interacting with our community, to be investing and to be serving and to be to be caring uh, for the people around us. Uh, that's actually the reputation that we wanna have as a church here in uh, Bergen County in this uh, Palisades Park. Um, in fact, uh, one of the, our, our sisters who's handing out flyers for this particular event, uh, she said she came across somebody in our neighborhood who came to our previous event. Uh, because they, they saw a flyer. And so this, this, this new event, they, they were like, hey, you know, we, we came to your previous event, you guys are holding another one? And so the, there's this sense that, that people are getting, oh, this community is here, uh, and they're not just going to do this one-off thing, we're, we're going to keep doing this, and we're going to try to be good neighbors uh, to, to the people around us. And people are getting that sense, believe it or not. So I have, I have regular interaction with the Board of Education, uh, and we've built really great friendships there. Uh, really great relationships, the custodians, uh, they were helping us, they gave us a van to move equipment last week, uh, they were helping us lift stuff, and as we were doing that, we felt this sense of uh, camaraderie really uh, being built uh, between us and, and the community and the board of ed and the people in the town. Uh, and I think uh, from the conversations I've had uh, with different movers and shakers in our community, the uh, it's, it's pretty clear that people are getting the sense that, hey, you know, this church is here to bless us. Uh, This church is not here to be kind of an insular community by themselves, but but they're here to be outward and and, and to bless us. And that really is the reputation that we want to have. You know, we had um, this thing called the community dinner table during the pandemic. We were uh, helping, giving out free meals uh, during that time. Uh, We had the ice cream coffee social during the summer, if you guys remember that. We had the sing-along just last week, and then we had an Easter egg hunt. And and we are just getting started. Um, you know, we were just emerging from the pandemic this past year, but we're just getting started, and this is, this is something that's going to be ongoing in our church. Uh, and the goal is to keep doing this so that we build trust, so that people understand that we do, in fact, love them, and we do care about the people around us. Uh, as Pastor Josh alluded to, we do have exciting plans for 2023 and beyond. And my my uh, encouragement to you guys is, hey, let's, let's get involved. This is really why Jesus... Um, has called us. Uh, and I hope you would pray for that uh, along with us as we, we develop our outreach for the upcoming year. Okay, now today I don't have a full sermon. Uh, I have a very brief devotion. Uh, Chloe said that was a Christmas miracle before. She, she commented. Uh, so this is, this is my, my Christmas present to you guys. Yeah, I got an amen. I never get an amen. Uh, uh, was, that, was that you, Jay? Jay? <laughs> anyway, let me, let me just pray for us real quick, okay? Father, we thank you for your grace this morning. Uh, we thank you for... Um, we thank you that you call yourself Emmanuel. Uh, not only that you give yourself that name, um, but that that name is an indicator of your heart and your mission, which is to be with us. Uh, That's that's really what you want. And uh, I pray that today that you would speak words to that truth. Uh, Yeah, and that we'd be able to celebrate um, the birth of the one who wants to be with us for all of eternity. pray all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. so one year when I was in, in elementary school, um, my dad was, uh, some of you guys know this, my dad was stuck in Korea for a long time. He he, ran to some, he went to Korea for a business trip. Uh, they wouldn't let him come back to the US because there's some issues with the visa and stuff. We, we never even, I never even figured out what it was ultimately. Um, but yeah, he, he was stuck in Korea for, for a really long time. So it was just me, my young sister, we were in elementary school at the time, and then, and then my dad. Uh, And it was a hard year for us financially. I mean, first of all, we weren't very well off financially to begin with, but that year was especially hard. Uh, And so my mom could not get us the Christmas presents that that we wanted, right? When I was younger, you know, video games, right, toys, and Voltron, right, things like that, that's what I wanted. Uh, But when Christmas came around and we opened our gifts, I mean, my sister, I still remember this. Uh, First of all, the gifts are small. Uh, but then, when we opened them, like actually, when we got the gifts, we could tell they 're squishy we 're like oh, this doesn 't bode well for what 's going to be on in the inside right uh, and so we opened them, and what we found was a scarf uh, and these winter gloves. Uh, the gloves were called freaky freezies. Have you ever heard of those where in the cold, they change color right um, and so you know, as kids, we, we were very disappointed. I, I was uh, very, very disappointed you know when you get for young children, when you get them clothes as a Christmas gift, it feels like punishment. Right? It feels like we're being disciplined, right? and, and that's how that's how that's how it, right right these, these two girls agree, um, and, and and that's how that's how I felt, uh, and that's how my sister felt. And I remember um, my mom's. I think she could perceive it. Right, she could look it in her eyes and she could tell we were disappointed. And she explained that you know she did want to get us uh, nice gifts this year, uh, but she said. This year, because Dad was away, you know, Appa was away, we just couldn't afford it. Uh, and she, she basically asked us, I hope that's okay with you, you know, maybe next year, uh, if, you know, Dad comes back. Uh, and, and she said, I could see tears uh, forming or welling up in her eyes. Uh, and my sister and I, we, we saw that. Uh, and immediately, uh, our attitude changed. Uh, and what we did was we took our freaky, freezy gloves, we put them on, and we ran to the freezer, we opened the freezer and we started rubbing them on the ice so that they would change color, and then we showed our mom, like, mom, look, they changed color, these are these are great, right? Um, one of the very rare times my sister and I had any kind of sense, right? Um, now, when you hear that story, right, you're like, oh, that's that's it's kind of heartwarming, right? It's, it's really sweet, it's sad, I, I know Penny, it's sad. Um, but what I learned that year, uh, is that Christmas isn't always easy uh, or happy, right? That's what I learned that year. Christmas is not always easy or or happy. You know, this Advent, we've been highlighting things like... uh, We've been highlighting very joyful, uh, very hopeful things, like, you know, Jesus being the light of the world, right? Jesus being the Prince of Peace, Jesus being our our Emmanuel. Uh, But what we have to remember is the reason Jesus is the light of the world, the reason Jesus, the light of the world, ha- had to come to this world is because there is real darkness in our lives, right? Why did the light have to come to the world? Because there is real darkness uh, in the world. You know, in today's text that we read, the light of Christmas is there, right? There's a star Bethlehem, there's a Magi, you know, they see Jesus, they're all overjoyed, right? There's great stuff that's happening, but also in the same text, there's the darkness of Herod, right? He deceives the Magi, say, so, hey, you know, tell us when you find him so that I can come and worship. No, his plan was to kill Jesus. It's a real sinister darkness alongside of this, 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 this light of God. And here's the thing until Christ returns in our second advent. So the first advent is when he first came. The second advent is when he comes again. These two streams, until the second advent happens, these two streams, the goodness and the light of God and darkness, are going to be constant realities in our lives. Those two streams are always going to be present. You know, when I, now that we're at the end of 2022, I did some reflecting in this past year, And about this past year, and personally, um, you know, some of you know this. My family experienced real darkness this past year. Uh, I would say this past year uh, was the darkest chapter of my life, in fact. Uh, And this is a darkness this past year that I've, I still fight, um, struggle with uh, every day. Uh, I still actually find myself uh, driving in my car just really angry at times, very confused, and uh, sometimes just um, even weeping. Uh, We had a house worship, I think, towards the end of September. Um, We we were doing this experimental thing, right? Uh, And while we were there, I just found myself just... Praying to God and just in my heart and in my mind just yelling at him. Just, man, why? Why did this have to happen? Just, I just felt, you know, tears were coming to my face. My wife saw me. as like, what is wrong with him? Right? But it, that is is real, right? Darkness was real this past year. But with the darkness, I also experienced real light. I really did. Uh, I felt love and compassion from a lot of different people. Uh, some people went out of their way to... Really pour light into our lives. Uh, I felt real intimacy, intimacy with God. I felt real powerful answered prayers. You know, during that house worship where I said I was I was grieving and crying and weeping and, and just really angry at God, in the moment, at the right in the middle of that, uh, Jimmy was actually who, who's leading praise today. He was leading praise and he said and he says this. He goes. I don't know, guys, I feel like we need to pray for Pastor Key. I mean, he couldn't see me. He, you know, he didn't know what was going on, but he just said he felt this sense that he needed to pray for me and my wife. Uh, and it just felt like such a powerful moment that, that God was seeing what I was going through. Uh, he heard me, and he pushed somebody. The Spirit moved uh, a brother to intercede on our behalf in that very, very moment. So that was very, very powerful for me this past year. Also in our church, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, there has been real spiritual growth this past year, real momentum, uh, real joy and and community. I actually got a text from a brother just this past week, and he said that toward the beginning of the year, his prayer was that we would develop community, that he would find real community in the church. And then he said this past week in the text, he said... um, God answered that prayer in spades. Uh, and so I really believe that there's there a lot of light uh, that happened this past year as well. For me, and probably for you as well, each day is a tension of these two realities, right? Of these two streams. You know, last year for me felt like it was a war every single day between these two streams in, in my life. And you know what? I was thinking about it, and I realized that is what Christmas is all about. Christmas was the start of an all-out war on on earth. You know, Revelation chapter 12, um, it describes in this very kind of um, symbolic language, but very powerful language, it describes the coming of Jesus to earth in Revelation chapter 12. Uh, and what's described in Revelation chapter 12 when Jesus is coming is a cosmic invasion. That's what's being described. When Jesus comes and is born on earth, it's, it's seen as a cosmic, it's described as a cosmic invasion, right? The clashing of the forces of light and dark. You know, Phil Yancey in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, I read this a long, long time ago, but this is what he says about it. About that passage. He says, In daily life, two parallel histories occur simultaneously, right? One on earth and one in heaven. Revelation, however, views them together, allowing a quick look behind the scenes. On earth, a baby was born, a king got wind of it, a chase ensued. In heaven, the great invasion had begun, a daring raid by the rule of the forces of good into the universe's seat of evil. You know, in the overlap of the ages uh, between the first and second advent, we call this the overlap of the ages, the in-between, right? Between the first and second advent, darkness, unfortunately, is still present. Okay? As people of the light, this fight is still real for us, daily even. For us, let me read to you Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Should be very familiar to you, but this is exactly what we face daily. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the, in the heavenly realms. Uh, and, you know, our commander in chief, right, Jesus. Uh, not, not the president, right? Our commander-in-chief says that we need to keep it up. Okay, we need to keep up this fight. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, this is what he says to Peter. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, what's he saying there? Yes, he is, he is saying that the light will prevail, But what he's also saying is that the gates of Hades are going to put up a fight. Evil will be fighting against us. You know, I I often hear uh, people say this. They'll be like, well, you know, if Satan knows he's lost, why is he still fighting? Well, some of you might know this. An An enemy who knows they're about to lose, right? They have nothing to lose at the end of the day, if you think about it. And that makes them all the more dangerous. I think, and I really believe this, Satan's plan, I mean, he knows he's lost. He knows the power of God. He knows he's doomed. And his goal is to inflict as much pain as possible before that time comes, just to spite God. That makes a very, very dangerous enemy. Okay, and this is the fight that we have. It's a serious fight. There is real evil. But our fight is not in vain and light will prevail. And what's so amazing about all this is that Jesus chooses us to be key players, key soldiers in the advancement of his kingdom of light to make a difference in this fight. He decides to do that because it's a privilege. But yeah, we are a part of the unfolding of the kingdom of light. You know, I... uh, I love the good feelings of Christmas. I really do. But for Christians, it can't stop there. Okay, we cannot be lulled into complacency. We cannot keep our head in the sand. Look, our hope is real. Okay, our hope is eternal, and it cannot be taken from us. But our hope is a hope that looks at the reality of evil square in the face. And says to that evil, you will not have the last say in my life or in this world. And day in and day out, what we do as Christians, as soldiers of the light, is we put one foot in front of the other, guided by the light of Christ in the midst of this darkness, like the star of Bethlehem for the Magi. We're guided by that light until he comes again. You know, brothers and sisters, and I am done here, Um, we want to forget about darkness during Christmas, right? You don't want to think about all the dark stuff. We want to forget about the darkness, right? But as Christians, we cannot do that. Okay, Christmas happened precisely because there is darkness that must be repelled. That's what Christmas is all about. And yes, I hope that that gives you joy in the fact that we've overcome, Jesus has overcome that. But at the same time, uh, I hope it, it's a sobering thing for us uh, because darkness is here uh, and we need to keep up this fight. Uh, just one thought, if we can have the praise team come up, just one last thought. You know, some people are like... Um, How much of a role do we have? Uh, how much effort do we put into this? Right. Let me read to you from Colossians 1.29. This is what Paul says. This is very fascinating, actually. He says, To this end, I, Paul, stren- strenuously... Okay, let me say it again. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Do you see what's going on there? Paul is putting all of his effort. But he says, with all of his effort, it's through Christ who gives him that power to work for the kingdom of light. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, you're not fighting this battle on your own. God is giving you this power. God is working through you to bring light to this world. And in that tension, we must live. In that that tension, we must act. And that's what gives us both the responsibility, but also the faith that as we do act, God will move powerfully. Okay, and I pray that we would remember that during Christmas okay let's bear our heads um, let me just pray for us okay and then uh, we'll get into our last song Father you know I, I hope uh, I hope this message or this little devotional doesn't come across as a damper on uh, our hearts Uh, the truth of the matter is the light has come and that is indeed a message of great joy because it didn't have to come the world could still be just as dark as it was before but you came and you showed us that this is not the destiny of this world and this is not the destiny of our lives light is the destiny and I pray that that would both encourage us but also empower us that it would give us joy but also that we would be sober about the fact that we are soldiers of the light and that there is work to be done. Uh, And I pray that as you work through us, uh, that we would see your kingdom being advanced, your kingdom of light. Bless my brothers and sisters. I pray that as we go into the new year, uh, that we would remember this truth, that we would live in the tension of both realities, uh, that we would labor unto the kingdom for your glory. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.